Welcome to Witch and Goddess. I'm your host, Patty Black. I'm a witch, a teacher, and priestess. Goddess devotion is an essential part of my craft, and many goddesses are my cohorts in magic. Each episode, we explore a different goddess, her lore, and how to connect with her energetically and magically. Welcome back, magical creatures. Guess what? Today, August 4th, is the one-year anniversary of Witch and Goddess podcast. I cannot believe it. In celebration of you, amazing listeners, who have been so supportive and so patient with my inconsistent episode frequency while I run a witchcraft business and a family, today we are hearing about your experiences with goddesses. And the final story I'll share today will be my first meeting with Akate. I'm nervous because I've never shared this story with anyone before. This is my favorite way to learn about goddesses through the stories and personal experiences of other devotees. I love that if you got 10 followers of a specific goddess in one room and asked them to describe that goddess, you would get 10 different answers. Sure, there would be a lot of overlap, but there would also be some downright contradictory answers. And guess what? They're all true. Deities interact, communicate, and even appear differently to different individuals. And they have wholly unique relationships with each of us. Listeners have shared some amazing stories for us, so let's get started. Our first story is from Jessica about her experience with Kali. Growing up in a Christian home and going through multiple types of childhood abuse, I never felt like I knew myself or could connect to myself in any way. I felt like my body was only a vessel for Jesus Christ. As I got older, I grew tired of this type of thinking, but I kept it quiet for years. I was my mother's, quote, good kid, and I felt trapped in that role. After growing up and moving away, I slowly shed my old Christian beliefs. I had a yoga instructor I followed online who did a Kali yoga series. I had not really heard much about her before. The way the yoga instructor talked about Kali's anger and release coming out of your body really connected with me. And doing the exercises along with the mantras and hearing a narration of Kali helped me become more present and tackle things that I hid very deep down for years. It was difficult work, but it was something I would later call shadow work. She was the first goddess I had worshipped, and for the first time, I was not secret about it. Later on, I discovered Wicca, which I'm still exploring. I've tied Kali into my rituals, baths, prayers, and I write to her when I journal. It's not a relationship I feel pressured to have all the time. I don't have to do shadow work all the time because I need rest at times, but I primarily go to her when I'm doing that work. Recently, I did a ritual for Kali that included dancing till you were exhausted, emotionally and physically, and could go no more. And then you meditate and rest and light a candle. All the while, you focus on an image of Kali being in the presence of her great and divine love and patience and kindness. As intense as she is, she's considered the mother of all and wants to help all people strip off their ego and get to the hard parts of who they are and embrace all parts of themselves. She represents a balance to me that I haven't had before in my life. Having a goddess that can be both terrifying but gracious beautiful but raw, and even gory, motherly but able to slaughter demons, made her more relatable to me as a woman, 
with many emotions and multiple layers to myself. A lot of people try to put me in a box, particularly men and religion. Discovering Kali was a way of handling my own personal demons and slaying them while also enveloping myself with grace and love. Kali is also such a strong character who has another side, the gracious motherly aspect. Seeing the difficult, the bad, the good and ugly, or just outright intense can be a lot for anyone. It can stir something in us that we are not ready to face. I was used to my past being an ugly one and used to be so ashamed of it, even though I had no control of it. Kali was the first to ease my self-shaming and focus on what I can change now. Thank you, Jessica, for sharing your story. Kali is truly a wonderful goddess to connect with. Next, Danny has shared a few personal experiences from her work with Freya. I work with Freya, and when we first started working together, I went out to the farm animal sanctuary where I volunteer. I asked Freya if she'd like a feather or anything the animals might have left behind for her altar. And she said, yes, I would like the tusk of one of those boars. And I said, well, that's going to be impossible to find. I've never seen a broken off tusk laying around. So I go about my day and duties and I finish over at the pigs. And wouldn't you know, laying there on top of very deep mud, right in my path, was a freshly broken off tusk. She was so pleased and I was so impressed. Another time she wanted a bird skull while we were hiking. And there was one, but it was very old and dirty. And I told her I wasn't going to take it. So she got pissed. And before the hike ended, she stole some birds, dead and bloody prey and laid it right in my track. We did make up after that. Thank you, Danny. I absolutely, I love it when deities reveal their very distinct personalities. This story is from Pia Octabrina about her developing relationship with Aphrodite. Almost three months ago, I had cosmetic surgery. For a whole week, I couldn't stand up without almost fainting, and I was laying in my bed in complete misery. I don't know why I called her, but I said, please, Aphrodite, if you help me, I promise you I will get a tattoo in your honor. Since that day, I have felt her. I was never really interested in her before, but now I really feel a connection. I've been struggling with crippling depression, and my medicine killed my sex drive. Since this relationship I'm creating with her... I feel more happy and alive. My sex drive has come back. I'm having a super loving relationship that had been crumbling because of my depression. I feel much more secure about myself. I can't make an altar for her for various reasons, but I thank her and pray to her by doing drawings of her. Thank you, Pia. A common thread among those I know who work with Aphrodite is that she really helps bring the pleasure and joy back to life. And what a great reminder that Even if you can't have an altar, you can show devotion in lots of ways, including honoring through art. Now, an anonymous listener shared this story about Rhiannon. Rhiannon often uses dreams to communicate with me. It's how I found her in the first place. One such dream I'd like to share involves a deceased relative who I was close to as a child. It's always bothered me that this person hadn't ever made their presence known to me after their passing. Many people in my family had experiences of feeling their presence, but I never did for a long time. Eventually, I started working with Rhiannon as one of my main goddesses. One night, I dreamed I was at the wife of the deceased relative's house. I saw the person, alive as ever, sitting on the couch next to Rhiannon. I can only describe the feeling as being pure joy, and I began to cry. As I hugged my relative, Rhiannon smirked. 
No one ever spoke, but it's like she was saying to me, and you thought you'd never see them again, silly. Thank you for sharing. That story gives me chills. The good kind. I often hear about goddesses acting to initiate meetings for us with past loved ones. Now, as I promised, I want to share my story about my first interaction with Akate. The first time I met her, I didn't know it. When she came to me in a dream, I was just an eight or nine-year-old girl sharing a bedroom with one of my sisters. I remember it so clearly, 35 years later, because of the terror, and also because it wasn't really a dream. It was a visitation, a fact I see clearly now. But as a child, I couldn't have known. I've thought of that dream many, many times over the decades, recounting in my head how vivid, how undreamlike in its realness it was, even in adulthood, as I began to experience spirit visitations by past loved ones, I didn't connect the dots. I often thought of it as one of the most significant events of my childhood, though I didn't know why it was important. But now that I've spent a few years in her energy, I realize why that dream has never left my mind. I dreamt I was in my parents' bedroom, on the floor next to my mother's side of the bed, I was alone when she entered, and somehow that single-story ranch house expanded or the ceiling opened up because she was enormous, more than a giant, a soaring skyscraper clad all in black, and there may as well have been a pointed hat on her head because I knew instantly, as the thought filled me with dread, this is witch. Not just a witch, this was the ultimate witch and she had come for me. I knew this just as I knew there was no hope of escaping this fate. Impossibly, without leaning down at all, she grabbed me and lifted me up until I was level with her face. Level with her head, really, because a face never emerged from the black. Identifying facial features were the only aspect of this meeting that weren't laser clear. She held me there, saying nothing, and I was terror-struck, convinced this was the end, or worse. These days, as I go through that memory with a fine-tooth comb, I recognize, behind my terror, the awareness of her energy, the awareness that she was utterly calm and without malice. I was terrified of the apparent evil of a witch, and I was immobilized in her vast presence. I remember that at least part of me wanted to appease her, but I was also in awe, and it was sincere. Panicked, I spoke directly to her, repeating, I love you, I love you, and even as a kid, I was aware that part of me was trying to please her and save myself, but another part of me really loved her. Total mindfuck for a kid. She continued to hold me high above everything familiar, and time seemed to stop as I felt her scrutiny. And then I was released. And that's it. Now, I know that I met Hikate as the witch mother. And it doesn't mean that I'm the chosen one. It doesn't mean anything, really. It's not any more important than the personal encounters anyone else has with a deity. But to me, it was proof that she was with me, even back then. And if she was with me then... That means she's been with me all along. Through all of the trauma, 
before I knew I was a witch. And that is so comforting to me. I don't know what her ultimate objective was with that encounter. It seems kind of crazy to reveal yourself in that much power to a scared nine-year-old Christian girl who has no idea what to make of it. But now I'm so glad that she did. And that's what I take away from a lot of these experiences and stories. I see deity reaching out to us for a lot of reasons, but a common denominator is validation. Yes, we're real. Yes, we see you. Yes, you can come to us. Talk to us. And that's enough for me. I hope you've enjoyed these stories as much as I have. Thank you all for your support, for listening, and for sharing this podcast over the past year. Here's to another year of growth and goddesses. If you'd like to work with me, you can find out about one-on-one sessions and my group courses, including the Witch and Goddess Coven, at blackbirdmagic.com. That's magic with a C-K. You can also connect with me on Instagram, at witchandgoddesspod. I love emails and messages, so let me know about your goddess experiences at witchandgoddesspod at gmail.com or by leaving a recorded message on the Witch and Goddess page at anchor.fm. If you like the show, subscribe and tell your coven. As always, thank you for listening. May you realize the goddess within and express her without. <laughs>